Welcome to Mogs TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, global sadness at the news Kermit and Miss Piggy have consciously uncoupled. Announced via social media last week, the pair confirmed they remain friends and will continue to work together on their new show, The Muppets, which is about to start on America's ABC and here in Australia on 7. The timing couldn't be worse or better. If a frog and a pig can't make it together, then who can, people? Who can? Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mox TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mock. Joining me this week, Subdivision fans, this one is just for you. After joining Neighbours at 15, this week's guest has played in shows as varied as Water Rats, White Collar Blue and Canal Road. She's been a performer on Play School, reportedly Little Ted is all hands and Hamble has a serious drinking problem, and briefly broke up everyone's TV parents, Dave and Julie Rafter. She starred in Blunder- sorry, Wonderland, guested on Black Comedy, and now co-hosts some of the most dangerous TV going around in Dirty Laundry Live. It's Australian TV royalty, Brooke Satchwell. Mr. Malks, hello. This stands to be a very auspicious chat. We're actually beginning at 4.14, which goes down as one of my lucky times in life. How so? Oh, I have a little thing about numbers. So 4.14 is is incredibly auspicious. Although uh, I do question the slight blunder you made on Wonderland. Um, Mm. Was that intentional or not? (laughs) Did I I missay it? Oh, just a little stumble there and a very um, Freudian one. How accidental on my part. It's very, very, very nicely done. How are you? Look, I'm doing very well, Brooke. I'm very, very happy to be speaking with you. Thank you for your time today. I know that this is going to be a, a rockety chat. We're going to be all over the place. But look, that's the best way to have it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I appreciate I've noticed your very strong presence supporting our program on Twitter. Uh, very greatly appreciated. Who doesn't love a little bit of Nine Dirty? I mean, let's be fair. Yeah, oh, it's a feel-good kind of feeling. <laughs> it's a feel-good kind of something. Yeah. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a, a heads up? Who is on the show tonight, even though this doesn't come out until three days after it's been on air? Uh, okay. <laughs> Retrospectively, we have had Marty mm-hmm. Shegold, Sam Pang and Ash London joining Lawrence and my good self this evening. Oh, those three. I mean, goodness gracious. It's a pretty How gorgeous hilarious. panel, actually. We haven't had <laughs> Sam on for quite some time, and Ash was um, an absolute treasure and asset last time she came on. Marty, well, we've just got to fill the seat somehow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it sounds to be a bit of a fun show tonight, I think. Sam's a dark horse, isn't he? I mean, he's someone who has kind of come a little bit out of left field. People haven't necessarily picked him as a, as a comedian or a, a comic person per se, but what he's delivering is batting well above his, his uh, expected weight. What I love about Sam is his sincerity and I think <laughs> like a lot of um, our, my favourite panellists that have come through on the show, it's it's that um, very quiet, very dark integrity um, that always tickles my funny bone and I, I love that Sam brings that to the table. It's excellent. Absolutely. Look, uh, Brooke, there is so much we need to talk about. Let's quickly mm-hmm. talk about some news headlines, shall we? Indeed. Follow Malk on Twitter at Malk's TV Talk. Nine have announced a new season of Celebrity Apprentice and it's now filming in and around Sydney and the term celebrity has never been more elastic when referring to a cast. Okay. Joining Tegan Martin, Tim Dormer and Mel Grieg, uh, Gabby Greco, Blake Garvey and Richard Reed, among others, 
all hell bent not to be fired and achieve the mediocrity a three-page splash in a women's mag offers. Game on, Moles. My favourite saying. When it comes to the Celebrity Apprentice, Brooke, have you been approached for this and why not? Um, I've been asked to spell, train my dog, dive off a diving board, dance, ice skate, um, renovate, garden, um, the list does go on a little bit. I think there's some singing somewhere there. Um, I think they've finally got the message maybe that um, I'm a little bit distracted with my day job right now. Um, it's it's a curious mix, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I think I think there's some people involved. There's a broad spectrum of motives there, let's just say. I yes. think there's some people who are going in um, very gormlessly with the intent of, of profile raising and, um, and let's face it, revenue raising. I mean, I hear they do pay rather well and that has to be some sort of carrot. But then I also imagine you look at some of the characters that have come through in some of the more recent shows and um, Joel Creasy and Chrissy Swan being an excellent example mm-hmm. of that and actually using the format to their own, being very savvy about and being being um, intelligent enough to know that truth is quite often the best weapon and portraying or not portraying but actually allowing their, their true selves to be witnessed and visible on air. And I imagine there's a few people going into, into this um, melee um, that are using it for similar reasons. Um, we had Richard Reid on the show recently and he's a very yes. savvy operator um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, it's a very – it's a sharp and calculated move on his behalf, particularly within the the, the paradigms that he moves between pro- professionally. I think it, it it certainly will show him in a different light, as opposed to being the talking head on a morning show. Mm. Um, and I think it only can broaden his appeal. There's other people that obviously, um, you know, revealing more of themselves is going to be incredibly destructive. But then that's part of the fun, I guess. Well, that's right. The flip side to Richard Reed, who I agree, I think this is a very calculated and smart move by him to get involved and raise his profile beyond what he does, to then the Edelstons, which is, uh, of course, Jeffrey and his now wife, Gabby Greco Edelston. I'm not sure if she's hyphenating or whether it's just been Hollis Bolas annexed. Um, they're just totally throwing themselves into this for money. Sure. And look I for guess. some 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 people perhaps, you know, and when there's options on the table and, and sometimes there's not, um, it, it, you kind of get narrowed down in terms of choice. Um, that was <laughs> <laughs> very eloquently put. Um, what, I, what I think will be interesting is to see who has the, the level of self-awareness and I guess understanding of the machinations of these kind of machines to actually play within the format yes. and, and work within the monster and – I think that could that could potentially provide some some glorious television moments. It's, yes. it's, I think it's always nicer to have what I mean. I actually personally got quite addicted to um, the first series of Big Brother because yes. it was an extraordinary social experiment. There was that mm-hmm. lack of self awareness of of what something like this could potentially unleash, um, and it really was kind of it was zoo time. It was it was really um, fascinating um, anthropology. Um, <laughs> but then, as people came through in the the, the following years, um, there was that level of self awareness where they them weren't letting their guard down or they were trying to be, they were trying to operate. Um, I'm doing oh, inverted commas here, but you can't quite see yeah. that. Um, Excellent podcasting thank imagery you. of the mind. Thank you very much. Um, and then, and, and I, to be perfectly honest with you, I lost interest as soon as it became that manipulative and kind of premeditated. Um, yes. But I think, you know, things things move in, in a very circular fashion and I think we might be at a point of, you know, 
a revolution, as it were, within this format where that banality is kind of worn out for the time being and you are getting some some really interesting characters who are going, well, this is a national a platform for me. Um, there's certainly the viewer numbers to, to back it up as being a, a potentially positive experience in terms of raising profile career-wise and, and, and um, opening up further options. So they're actually coming in knowing how they have to, how much they have to give, how much they have to reveal, but also where that could potentially lead them. I think it's just it's 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 the it's the the other end of the spectrum to those that are just being milked by companies that are actually becoming more savvy operators as individuals. Look at you taking this all very serious. That's <laughs> my job. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it is a very interesting thing. I thought that Blake Garvey, uh, the last year's Bachelor, he who proposed and then rescinded is it's just another opportunity to get his name out there. The biggest surprise and the one I think that you're right will absolutely try and manipulate the format is going to be James Matheson, former uh, – uh, what yeah, was that that's... show that he was the breakfast host of? Oh, oh gosh, I'm, how easily I'm thinking we of the singing show. I'm not sure. Yes. Oh, he, well, yeah, he co-hosted Australian Idol with mm-hmm. uh, the now Bachelor host, Osher Gunsberg. Mm-hmm. It's um, a very small was, pool. He did the thing. Oh, look, the the second failed breakfast show for 10. Um, it, he is reportedly a very smart dude, so I reckon this is going to be some great wide-open manipulation playing on, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think um, I think it will be very, very interesting. I, and I, while you were talking, I was actually thinking there's uh, – I think in a way it's, to go in with that level of understanding, you actually have to be incredibly brave because mm. it doesn't work if you are actually trying to manipulate too heavily. So you have to be – I mean, it's where, where Joel came out so beautifully um, and Chrissy as well because they were so incredibly genuine. They had, they, they, they had the courage to actually show the good and the bad. And I think that's yes. the thing is when an audience feels like they're being manipulated and audiences are – very um, sensitive to that to that um, side of things, I believe. And the minute they smell rash or bachelor, um, it's all over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there will be blood in the water quickly enough. One more <laughs> bit of news, Brooke. Mm-hmm. Following the embarrassing failure of Seven's new cooking reality franchise, Restaurant Revolution, they last week steeled themselves and took nine to court over the striking similarities between then you offering the hot plate and My Kitchen Rules. On Thursday, however, just moments ago, podcast time, Federal Court Justice Nicholas ruled nine don't have a case to answer and are free to continue broadcasting the hot plate. The ruling comes as seven shrinks revolution from four nights a week to just one with a YouTube cat special helping pad out their now struggling schedule. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Oh, it's the world we created. It's the world we manifested. Um, yeah, it legitimately, Look, I- cats make you laugh out loud. What? <laughs> I, I, um, I have cats myself. They are very entertaining. Um, I prefer to watch them live, um, but then yes. I have been known to to. Um, YouTube. Um, oh. look Just as long as you don't Skype the cats. Oh, I can't give away all my secrets right now, Steve. Um, the, the interesting thing is it's, look, this format of, of funny cats, it's, it's just the zeitgeist moment now of funniest home videos. I mean, it's, mm. it's not dissimilar to that and we all know that drew eyeballs. We know it was chewing gum for the brain television where people could switch out 
um, or switch off and and have a um, you know a little bit of a giggle, make their dinner, you know, work out what they needed to plan for the rest of the week, and make sure the kids were entertained. Um, sure. And funny cat videos possibly has to be potentially a little bit more. Um, Family friendly. Um, I, I find it interesting the, the, um, I mean, you're either building a house, you're cooking a meal, like you can only do these things so many ways. And I find it really interesting with the global sort of, um, franchising of these formats, the fact that there is this kind of, um, uh, intellectual property argument between mm-hmm. the different formats because I mean essentially it's a shovel, you know. Um, what's what are your thoughts? Uh, look, I think there's only so many ways you can find love, Brooke. Uh, <laughs> and, and the most important one is on television. Yeah, I thought you were going to say online, but yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost the same thing, right? I, I, I really like Restaurant Revolution, and I'm I'm sad that it's struggling. I have opinions, and I've shared them on my website and with too many mm-hmm. other media people who've talked to me this week, I am not surprised that the uh, the justice found that, uh, you know, uh, Hot Plate isn't or doesn't bear enough similarity to my kitchen rules for it to come off air. The, the downside is that this is just another strike for Seven on the Wall because here they go, you know, they've had the house rules didn't go as well as they would have liked this year. They've had Restaurant Revolution, which has not gone well at all, end of story. And then to throw up this court case, oh, you're copying us, miss, miss, they're copying us. And to have the teacher shut you down so straightforward is is not that's going to be an uncomfortable night uh, in Piemont. Do you think? Do you think this comes back to you know we just referenced online um, just now? Do you think mm. that comes back to? I mean, Foxtel have now just launched, and I'm not sure whether you've discussed this um, on any of your podcasts so far. But the the um, sort of the umbrella service for the the streaming content providers, Roku Two. Um, mm-hmm. Have you you've been reading about that? Yeah, yeah, this Telstra TV, which uh, is a rebadged Roku Two, that they're yeah. then going to use to effectively capture the audience that don't have an Apple TV. It's just yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. So do you do you wonder if part of the antagonism between seven and nine is is born out of this fact that they are losing eyeballs, um, you know, to these streaming services, and so therefore they'll 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 sort of take any opportunity they can to drag an audience back to their program. If it means annihilating the competition, you know, it used to be um, in terms of pitting shows against each other time slot wise, but maybe this is just the last ditch attempt to kind of go. Well, we've got the cooking show. Where where we're taking the 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 um, the lion's share of the market here for that type of programming and kind of claiming playing the plagiarism card um, in in response to these dwindling audience numbers. I reckon our our free-to-air broadcast networks kind of missed the memo uh, in that if we look to America, um, where you've got your CBS, ABC, NBC, the CW, Fox, like the the broadcast networks that – like when they have their late night shows, they'll have anybody from any network on to promote their show and just go, here's such and such from this show. It's a great show. Check it out done, right? Everyone kind of plays a bit nice and they all acknowledge they're all in the same game, but that ultimately when show X goes up against show Y, if NBC owns show Y, they want it to win. That's straightforward. Here, it's just gone, no, no, we are straight out combatants. Nobody can appear on another network, which is why it was so almost groundbreaking, which is ludicrous. Uh, Mm. But to see, for example, Julia Morris appear on 10 earlier this year and she's about to pop up on 9 in House Husbands, Mm. to see Gretel Colleen, who's been on 10 on the project and is now on ABC hosting How Not to Behave with Matt O'Kine. I I appreciate that they're not network contracted stars, but 
some people would be having conniptions over that. And I just go, no, it's a fact of life. Why can't we share things? Why can't we be a little bit nicer to each other instead of just pointing fingers? Because exactly right, Brooke, audiences are going, see you later, guys. We're mm. sick of all of this. We're finding things on Netflix or Stan or Presto or even beyond that, we're getting Hulu or we're getting uh, mm. HBO Now or, or Amazon Prime, which aren't even here. Look, I think it's, you know, I think it is tricky. Um, in the Australian industry, it, it is it is a small barrel. I mean, we have these exceptional um, technicians and, and some really quite incredible talent. It actually mm. reminds me, funnily enough, I was watching um, a, a, a a, what do you call it? a vodcast? Um, so hip. Um, <laughs> of, um, is that what they're called? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, great. Um, on Actor TV, it was Andrew Knight talking about um, um, production and, and, and mm. film and television within Australia. And he was actually using a quote. And so I'm not actually paraphrasing um, Andrew Knight, which would be incredibly stupid um, <laughs> because he's one of the most eloquent um, human beings we have in our industry. Um, but uh, he was paraphrasing someone else he worked with and he said, look, the Australian industry, we, we, we really get to the heart of the human condition and, and then we just share it amongst the same 14 actors. Um, okay. And I guess that is also pertinent to other aspects within the industry. I mean, mm. you know, I've been around 20 years now and, and it's – you are bumping into the same people with alarming regularity. You might go 10 years without seeing them, but then they've moved sideways. They've moved this way, that way, up, down the ladder, into different um, um, positions within the industry. But those that love it, they they, 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 they hang in there and they have to do that to survive. Mm. Um, so it, it is a... It is a funny one because we just don't we don't have the audience numbers to to support um, you know running on the old advertising model. It, it, it's just not truly effective. Um, it doesn't really work um, from anyone's position. And I think until we walk through whatever this fire is, I think we're currently halfway uh, or these coals we're halfway across walking. Um, I don't think we really understand what the new shape is going to be. And I think as terrifying as that is, it is also rather exciting. Um, and I do feel that, that that change is imminent at the moment. But, you know, as with all good journeys, you don't know until you get there. Mm. And it's such an interesting thing for the talent, particularly. I mean, crews will work and they'll ebb and flow through shows and we appreciate that. That's mostly unaware to the viewing public. The people on screen are the ones that we see that are, you know, in this show for three seasons and they're the next big star and something, something, and then the show ends. And then we kind of don't hear about them for six months. I think years? that's that's a really tricky thing. I think there's this natty little occurrence in in particularly, I guess, on I've noticed it on the on the drama side, and I guess as mm-hmm. you're pointing out, it does occur um, in the in the sort of light entertainment um, arena. But that's a thing when 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 someone is hot, they're hot. Everybody wants a piece of them, and because it is such a small market, that saturation. I think you know the smart people take a moment where they they step away because also being such a small market, that kind of saturation can in a way create an alienation um, with, with the audiences as well because they mm. get sick to death of seeing the same person again and again. So it's that really tricky balance of kind of capitalising on momentum but at the same stage, you know, not shoving yourself down people's throats. It's a delicate balance, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. I mean, one minute you're and, you know, the- AGL and, and um, Origin Australia and Chelsea, they're always going to be on the line wanting their bills paid. <laughs> oh, bastards. I mean, one minute you're on Pack to the Rafters and the next minute you're George Harvardis sort- serving coffee. 
Well, actually, to his credit, and this is this is this goes to the integrity of the man. That's something mm. that he has always done. That's a family restaurant, and that's the beauty of of George's perspective on life is that it's 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 all inclusive. His his life is his life. It's not just acting. It's not just X Y Z. Um, and he has you know he's good on him. It's absolutely no shame in in owning various elements to your life, and it doesn't um, suggest that anything's gone wrong. I mean, the same thing occurred to me when I took some time out and I worked um, a, a number of different jobs um, and it was purely by choice um, yep. and you're allowed to make those decisions, surprisingly. Totally. Mm. And, and I think, you know, I agree. It's that me mentioning George in that regard wasn't a dig. It's acknowledging that mm. you've got to do what you've got to do to pay the bills. If there's a family yeah. element in him for that, that's but even more, better, more right? than that too, I think, you know, there's an important part. I mean, if you're an actor and this is, you know, this is why we end up with such great fodder for, for Dirty Laundry, but <laughs> if you're going to be an actor and you're going to represent, um, you know, human traits, the human nature, you, you, have to, you have to be living it. You can't be living as an actor in a bubble where you're being shuttled from job to job and people are making you coffees because, you know, time is precious and you're needed in 15 different places at once and then you kind of, you know, shipped off to whatever um, hotel you're staying at and then you're flying here and you're zipping over there and, you know, quite often when you're working, the hours are such that you don't have a lot of contact with the outside world. Um, and I think it's really important that if, if, if this is the chosen profession and you want to do it with any level of integrity you actually have to I mean it's you know it's like the great advice that that, that, mm-hmm. that um, Barry Humphreys was given with his his, his um his stand-up comedy gigs or his, his performance pieces it's like you got to go to the clubs you got to go where the people are and you do you have to be part of the world to represent it mm-hmm. I don't think that's unreasonable no no but you know that's the thing is we were kind of very it's very easy to sort of sit on the outside and and I think that's the confusing thing you know for for a lot of people that they look at people making these different life these actors or performers or or whatever taking making different life choices and they see it as a failing and it's it's not necessarily the case my uh, guest is Brooke Satchwell co-host of Dirty Laundry Live which allows me to ask you this question Brooke given your <laughs> great body of work and oh, the, uh, the great things that you've been what the hell are you doing on the ABC I'm having a great time. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm having a bit of fun. Um, oh, look, there's there's no other platform like this on offer at the moment. I'm incredibly mm. lucky that that um, I get to be part of something this unique. I mean, there's there's no live comedy, um, or there's there's no there's no live programming really um, on. That's Australian right, kids. The footy show doesn't screens. count. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I mean, quite often what, what also is live has a buffer zone, has a safety, you know, a dump button, a delay, mm. something to to, to protect um, the party line. And um, we've been given this this level of absolute freedom by the ABC, which is just um, it's not something people are willing to take the risk or gamble on these days. And, and to be offered that, you, you don't say no. And it's taught me, so I'm even this last three years now, um, the flow on effect in, term, in terms of other work I've had to do um, performance-wise, um, in terms of handling pressure, in terms of um, even just you know, personal sort of self-management, time management. Um, mm. I've learned, I've got so much out of it on so many levels and let alone the the um, the incredible 
flow of talent that we've had through on the show and I'm getting to meet all these up and coming comedians and, and so many different perspectives. I mean, that's why I love doing what I do because you do come into contact with so many different people on a daily basis. And it's actually funny enough that some of the best, um, one of the greatest insights, um, my chiropractor of all people gave me, um, when I was quite stunned by the work he did and I was like, why isn't everyone doing this? And then I sort of followed on with this must take its toll on you because you're kind of, you know, taking on everybody else's junk as they come through the door. And, um, he said, are you kidding me? He said, I don't just, I don't do this just because I want to, want to give. He said, it's also for selfish reasons. He said, you think about it, the number of people that walk through my door and the diversity of ages and life experiences. He said, I'm gaining something from every interaction. And that's pretty much how I feel about what I do for a living. The diversity of people and life experiences and stories that I get to, to learn from, um, or, or even just be in the presence of it's, it's extraordinary. That's well. That's a really cool way to, way to look at it. Particularly, Isn't I mean, it as just? you said, it, it for in a dirty laundry context, live. So there is no. You can rehearse all you want, but as soon yeah. as that on air light goes on, the red light on the camera's going. You guys have got to get through whatever anybody says. Look, and, it's uh, it's pretty safe to say that anything we may end up discussing before the show never actually happens on air. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just it just doesn't because once it takes off out of the gates, it's got a life of its own, and and you've just got to sit very. As you say, Zen in the middle of it, and and um, and 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 be present and ready. Not enough can be said about uh, the relationship, the on-air relationship that you and Lawrence Mooney, your co-host, share. <laughs> because quite seriously, because I know that, um, like, we've had Judy Laundry on air for three years. This is the third season now. My God, it it's has, gone fast, doesn't it? Yeah. I know. And here's to a fourth and a fifth and many more because it's so much fun. Thank uh, you. But seeing you two work together, I know that there were some people who went, Brooke Satchwell, like, is she just there to be the, the girl that laughs? No, nah, Lawrence. Uh, but out of the gate, you not only held your own, but we're giving back to him. We're offering, as you have in this discussion, great insight or some very, very funny lines. And it, it puts Lawrence, who is a very, very seasoned stand-up comedian, in a great position to just play off those lines and bounce with you. And, mm. and some of the finest moments of Dirty Laundry Live apart from the great guests you have and, and the opportunities you give them to shine, is when you and Lawrence go head-to-head, it's spectacular. Oh, thanks, mate. That means a lot. That really does. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a, it's a curious alchemy um, with the Moon Man. I don't, I don't fully understand it myself, but it was present from the very first meeting and it was undeniable. Um, and as much as this sort of shifting career trajectory at, at, at the point in time that, that um, it appeared was a bit mystifying to some, um, it was just a gut instinct thing that I knew I had to pursue it. And I'm mm. so glad I did. Um, that, that's really, really kind of say. Actually, funnily enough, <laughs> I, um, you know, you always pay more attention to the shit people throw than any of the compliments that yeah, come yeah, your way. Yeah. It's inevitable. It's Never human nature. Never read the comments, Brooke. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have I have my very short compliments list that, you know, when I'm feeling really down, I reach for. And at the moment, it's now got two sitting on it. Yours may well just join us three. Um, but the best compliment I'd ever received up until 24 hours ago in my life was with a runner um, that I worked with on Neighbours. So I would have been yeah. 16 and he was picking me up from school and we were driving listening to Peter Gabriel's The Passion of the Christ as yes. we went up the, up the highway. It was, <laughs> you know, it's quite lovely watching the landscape roll by. And he turned to me and he said, you're a really great person to share a silence with. 
And wow. that meant the world to me. That just the, the levels in that kind of that that's like the one that's and like that's we're talking ninety six and I've held tight onto that. Um, and um, and I got a second one yesterday that joined that list where another actor who I've you know crossed paths with very briefly um, over the years. Um, mm. He was talking about dirty laundry, um, but what came out of his mouth? He turned to me, goes. You're a lot smarter than you look, aren't you? <laughs> I just wow. I was like, thanks, mate. That means that's, yeah, wow. That's, and it is. Like I, I really do appreciate that because I know sort of I do appreciate from, the, from some of the roles I've been cast in from the early days, there's a certain kind of, I don't know, preconception of, 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 of who I might be and, and, you know, how all the parts come together. And it's, that's what the beauty of, of Dirty Laundry is, is it allows me to show that, you know, that's just the surface. Why keep coming back each year, Brooke? Is it the promise of sausages? <laughs> and they still haven't delivered. I've got sausage rolls, but I don't actually have the snags yet. Um, yeah, actually, I wonder if they're going to wrap some up for me for the last show. That would be really nice. Be thoughtful. Um, mm. Why? I well, why say no? Mm. Really? Um, and it's just you know, it's just this fun ride that just it's it's you know we shoot twelve episodes that's fairly contained it's not something that restricts me in any way and um thus far I mean I thought this year for the first time in 20 years I was going to have a strand of income and um and a little bit of time to play with um you know not shooting Wonderland and flying backwards and forwards between Melbourne and Sydney um mm-hmm. but as it's turned out there's been a number of little jobs here and there um i think i've reached a pb i've been working across seven jobs at once over the last four weeks uh, four months yeah it's i don't even understand it myself um there's not enough hours in the day for that no believe me there's not um and um it's, it's actually been quite i mean they're little things but they're all together they kind of created this little supercell um yeah. and um and so again like i i sort of turn up to dirty laundry and and you know lawrence and i just you know, get in there and do what we do. And, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's almost, it's like a little meditation. It's like a little, little breath of fresh air. It's like having a holiday for, for 45 minutes. Um, and it's, it's quite fun. It's such, so much fun. Peeling back the layers of pass on celebrity trash magazine culture is delightful and we are all the better for it. Seeing <laughs> you guys do that every Thursday night. Now, Brooke, this will go to, uh, to the public Tuesday next week, which leaves only one episode of Dirty Laundry left, doesn't it, this season? The grand finale, yes. Man, I so wanted to get down for this. I need to get myself sorted out so that that can happen, I think. Yeah. Because that would be delightful fun. Yeah, it's always nice seeing your face in the audience. (laughs) Now, Brooke, given that you've been working 70 million things at once and Dirty Laundry is about to finish, what can we expect from Supercell Satchwell in the coming months? Oh, it, it, that's that's a really tricky one. To, it'll, basically, it'll be a little bit more of what you didn't expect. <laughs> um, that seems to be the common theme at the moment. Um, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how this all manifests. It's like I would never have predicted the the roaring success of, of, of black comedy. I mean, I knew the show in itself was going to be successful, mm. but I didn't realise quite um, what a moment that would be for me personally in terms of my career and it has been rather significant because it was yet again another moment where people suddenly went oh oh I didn't I would didn't expect okay 
fine. She can All act right. and she's funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and um, given the kind of diversity of, of the projects that I have been working across and the fact, like I say, they are just all little bits and pieces here and there and I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, don't even know when a lot of them are going to land. Um, it's like the sort of recent thing that occurred for me um, probably – I guess it was at the beginning of going into all of this work and there was the launch of Dirty Laundry um, simultaneously. So I was doing a lot of press for the show um, and obviously speaking with people and they were aware of me sort of, you know, flying all over the place. I mean, I'm on yeah. very good personal terms with pretty much the entire um, Qantas in-flight staff and yeah. I do get doggy bags from the plane. I am flying every 40 hours. It's been for 48 hours and it's been nuts. But um, doing all this press, it kind of, it made me realise that I was reaching my, my 20th year of being in the industry and in a funny way that kind of created its own little thing that came alive where in any any press or any reference that I'd had over that period, you know, with the launch of Dirty Laundry and, and some of the other jobs I was working on, that it became this celebration of my two decades in the industry <laughs> and it was wholly unintentional but it was kind of like a funny little manifest. Um, so to that end, in answer to your question, I, I, I honestly don't know myself what next, but it'll be interesting. You've packed a lot into your 35 or 36 years on this planet, Brooke. Any Thank advice you. that you want to give humans that want to try and emulate what you've done? Uh, do you know what? The only the only thing, and it's, you know, it's oft quoted, but you just never, never, never give up and you um, you feed the, feed the white dog, not the black dog. Hollow advice from Brooke Sanchwell. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, look, that's, thank you, Brooke. That's really, really lovely. For those that haven't caught up, you have one more chance. Thursday night, 9.30, ABC, this year, your last chance to see what's left of Dirty Laundry Live. Guaranteed the final episode of this season will be special. So very, very cool. Tune in to see Lawrence and Brooke do their thing. Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Now, Brooke, normally at this point in the show, just as we're about to end, yeah. I ask our guest, how can we find you on the internet? How do we follow you on social media? <laughs> you don't do any of that shit. I don't do any of it. No, I have cups of tea and go for dog walks and make phone calls. Um, Shut a bit up. old-fashioned like that. It's much, It's yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of miss that boat. Um, but there's a proliferation of my life smeared all over the internet and once people have seen that, they don't really want to get in contact, so it's all good. <laughs> in my research, I did stumble across, I think it's a web, website called brooksatchwell.net that um, is a very – old slash poorly put together website that is just a very generous, genuine fan saying, I, I like Brooke and she does all these things and here's pictures of her doing her things. Do you know, I, like, I met that, that was run by a gentleman, Jason, um, in the UK and I met him back when I was doing the Neighbours Days when he first launched Sweet. that website and I swear to, he's actually stayed with me randomly mm. enough um, when he came to Australia um, early on. Um, Way to and- discourage the stalkers. Yeah, it worked well, hey. Um, no, he was actually a really genuine, genuine. My mum's from Yorkshire. He was from Yorkshire. And, you know, when we've right. been over to the um, UK, we've he's, he's helped us out with hire cars and, and different things like that. Um, and he's he's moved now, moved on in his life. He's got a family and, and mm-hmm. he um, he's um, working in, in other parts of um, – or doing working in another business. Um, but um, I actually – I would almost say he's responsible for getting me a logo at the beginning of my career because, you know, 
the irony of, of me not being on, on online or part of any social media now, I possibly was one of the first people early on to kind of have someone manifest me so heavily <laughs> online. The internet was still being built and he was there kind of sticking me all over it. Um, you know, the net result is, you know, I'll never escape my past. Um, <laughs> there's no mystery. Oh, there's um, plenty of neighbours shots. That's right. But, you know, he certainly, certainly, you know, got me off the blocks to a good start. So, you know, bless him. Well, that's it, people. If you want to follow Brooke, you've got to do it illegally. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Th- <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast, Brooke and everyone else. Follow me on Twitter at Mulks TV Talk. Find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com slash Mulks TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesdays, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favourite podcasting app. And please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Brooke Satchwell say. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be saying it's um, been a pleasure speaking with you. And I did say that at 4.14 it was going to be auspicious. I just didn't know that by 4.48 I'd be calling the police. Good night. <laughs>